What's going on, everybody? I don't give a shit if you're gnarly or if you're not. This is Tony Garrick's, better known as the Captain, and I'm here chatting, talking, shucking, and jiving. And you are watching Drinking at Moe's. All right, everybody. Welcome to Drinking at Moe's. Big Mo here. Be sure on YouTube to subscribe to the channel, comment, and you know what button mash that damn like button like you're playing Mortal Kombat. And you know, we're on Spotify, Apple, Anchor. Anyways, today I have with me the captain himself, Tony Garrix. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I can't complain. I can't complain, you know short week at work this week so you know that's always a nice little thing there yeah definitely i'm trying i'm fumbling right here we're, we're drinking so i'm trying to get this but i have no fingernails it's just there we go ah there we go yeah all right no um but yeah like i said short week at work this week veterans day um gonna take advantage of some of those free meals like i <laughs> normally do there's a there's a wrestler out here where i'm at uh the dba and uh he's, he's a veteran himself and every year there's like dba's free meal race and he'll start at like 6 a.m he take like obviously he doesn't work he also works for the government here back home but uh He'll see and keep us updated on his social media of like where he's eaten throughout the day and what number he's at. Oh man, yeah. No, my my day normally, well, ever since meeting my now wife, one of her aunts works at this elementary school that they do a Veterans Day program that one of her uncles also goes to. So I normally start there. There's this grocery store that has this free buffet breakfast thing i'll go eat there and i'll go to the national cemetery that's just on the other side of town then i'll go grab something for lunch go home lounge around with my dogs for a bit go someplace for dinner <laughs> what, what are your uh, what are your go-tos then for like the places you get like your your comp meal what would, what would be like your top three that you want to hit up my top three well one that I really like going to Texas Roadhouse. That they got a good one. Okay. Um, I've been to Applebee's before. They usually have a pretty, pretty good selection, pretty good deals. And uh, boy, a third one. <laughs> you know what, Olive Garden. I, I've gotten some good stuff there. Nice. But yeah, no, my this year Veterans Day has even more of a meaning for me with uh, my wife and I were expecting twin girls and they were born premature and only made it about a week. And they <laughs> I didn't realize this. My wife actually did the research on it. They're actually since they're my kids and i'm a veteran they get to get placed out at the national cemetery so now i'm gonna go go visit pay them a visit 
Also, I'm sorry to hear that, but I mean, at least there's like somewhat of a silver lining to the sad part of that where that's really nice. Yeah. I mean, even more of a silver lining when, whenever my time comes, I get to get placed right next to them. So that's that, nice. that's even more. And well, now on to, the, yeah, <laughs> in a, you know, a more bright note, you know, I like to start off with each of my guests with what got you started as a fan and then what got you started, you know, finally wanting to make the leap into the business. Uh, so my, my joking answer for that is uh, I didn't have a father. Um, <laughs> my, my, my actual answer is, you know, my mom was a wrestling fan growing up and uh, she kind of fell off of it. Like, obviously, as she got older, like she uh, I, I live in Michigan, so there might be some Michigan based explanations in this um so she went she went to wrestlemania 3 um and she was growing up growing up you know she kind of fell out of wrestling i was you know bored and then i I, i'll never i might have a bad memory here for the most part but uh i remember when i was younger i I would stay at my grandma's a lot because it was like single mom single Mm. you know only child and my mom would work late so i'd have to go stay at my grandma's and she'd get me to school that that type of thing and um we i remember distinctly like closing the door laying a blanket in front of the door so i could watch tv because I, I knew i needed to go to bed and Dude, i came across light leaking through right. the doorway. especially because like my bedroom at my grandmother's house was like the end of the hallway <laughs> so if like if she had to go to the bathroom her bedroom or the kitchen you can see it ah uh, yeah um and I, I had the tv on like two you know enough to where you can like maybe hear it and i was just scrolling the channels and i came across wrestling and i watched it and i liked it and i kept watching it and then i got caught and then you know she told my mother and uh, my mom's like well you know i was actually a fan of wrestling growing up so my mom and i bonded together watching wrestling together as i got older okay Uh, yeah and then that was and and like if you want to get like really like psychological about it i guess like looking at some strong type of human and storytelling was like not having that in my personal life was something for me to relate to as on top of being like the uh the class count class clown i want the attention on me like oh i can relate to this and uh oh i can i can understand that you know i know for me i don't remember specifics but i do remember it was my now late uncle that i can credit with getting me started i watched was watching it at his house one time and oh boy i'm one to say it was hogan or warrior and seeing the reactions that those guys got and then getting to watch guys like uh oh the road warriors and stuff and just the larger in life reactions that those guys got i'm like this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> right. It, it, it's, it's so funny for me too. Cause like I'm younger than what's perceived. Uh, like I'm in my late twenties, but like you and I could sit here and sing the Fraggle Rock theme song. Yeah. Like, like the things like I know about HR Puff and stuff. I know about Zygmunt the sea monster. So it's like my mom raised me on what she was raised on. Uh-huh. So like, so like yes we watched wrestling being televised but it was also like now let me like put this in the vhs real quick let's watch this and and that's where it's like like if if you're a fan of my work when you watch my work there's definitely new school aspects but it's a lot of like old school storytelling nice and and like and that that's how i like to do i like to say that i am a uh like spot monkey from memphis but that like came up in japan 
it, it, uh, it's, it's yeah. a fun way to look at it because it's like i have like the strong style aspect the death the, the death aspect but then there's also the like still even if you know I'm, I'm, I'm not a nice person i'm a bad guy but it's still like a humble loss yeah or, or something like and, and that's the respect for the competitor so it's uh, it's, a, it's a lot of that weird like you wouldn't assume this like you know 28 29 year old would want to do like this and this they want to hit like 37 super kicks and not um, make a, not tell a story my things i couldn't hit a single move but i'll tell an amazing story nope i i get you there and you know you do you know i kind of gravitate towards that type the old school storytelling but you mix in that intensity in there yeah. that, that's the type of stuff that draws me in like some of the guys out currently on like national tv scale mm -hmm. that really draw me in like oh god guys that i was just before we got started talking that were on my tv samoa joe um eddie kingston guys like that that you know they have that intensity but they can definitely tell a story yeah i mean i mean uh like even even with like my thing is like wrestling's silly, man. Like if we're pretty like like cut to it, wrestling's goofy. And I mean, at uh, I'm assuming like and correct me if I'm wrong. I, I came on your wavelength uh from mid death at their debut show. Ah uh, yes. Uh, and I, I mean during that show something went wrong, and I was just like, well, let's make the most fun out of it i guess and it's it's i forgot one of the uh the gimmicks that were going to be used outside oh and, no and i'm like well i gotta go <laughs> get it and then i couldn't get it open because i don't have fingernails it was the uh the salt and oh. so i started yelling i'm like who has a fucking knife who has who's keys <laughs> who has so open this <laughs> damn thing because like i'm sitting there just like finger flipping the thing and i'm just like i can't get oh. it open <laughs> like, oh, and like even even though I'm a, I'm a bad guy, like I had to laugh about it in the moment because it was just like. <laughs> also, this is uh, Tony Garrix featuring Oliver, me, Bumble, and uh, first mate Bubba when they decide to make appearances. We got three cats and then my Chihuahua. So oh, they... no, I I get my uh, well, I got oh, my, hello my one of my dogs Bentley right there. We got a Foster Frenchie and then. We got a senior English bulldog that she's kind of passed out on the other end of the couch. I'm uh, at any point in our conversation, if I kind of like stop talking for a second, I am just making sure Bubba is still good. Uh, I don't know if oh. anyone anyone listening saw on my socials or anything. Uh, Bubba did have to go to the emergency vet a couple yeah. days ago. So I'm just like, he's doing better every day. Like he's doing leaps and bounds, but it's still that like, you know, uh, animal parent of just like, you good? You made a weird sound. You all right? All right, cool. Oh yeah. Like, no, <laughs> I, I can fully understand, you know, when a uh, couple weeks ago, my wife and I, we actually lost our great Dane that uh, he he had a stomach bug for a while, but then I guess it ended up getting worse than even we thought. And there was a little while afterwards where uh, our foster and the one Bentley that I showed you, mm -hmm. they were, they were acting off. Right. Like they weren't eating as much and 
it was just like after losing the one and then those two feeling off is like any time they even felt even slightly off and normal is like oh shit right so I totally understand you there. It's it's uh, especially with him being such a little guy. Like he took a very very big fall, and little dogs already, you know, yeah, they have their weird little medical things. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I don't. I feel like I keep leading us down a dark path. I think the other <laughs> the the uh, the, uh, the other part of your question, I believe, was what got me into wrestling. Like what made yeah. me want to do it. Uh, like every jabron, I backyard wrestled with friends. Um, Growing up, honestly, like I didn't have a lot of friends like that's for shoot. Uh, I had kind of a very rough upbringing uh, without going into detail. My mom was very medically disabled um, as I got older and it's, you know, single child, single parent. And I kind of became the like caregiver at about 11 or 12. And from then till about 16, 17, I did I did a lot around my house, whether it was like cook, clean, bathe, things of that nature for my mother. And um it was like my my friends were pro wrestling, video games, and my mom. I, that's all I had time for. That that's what resulted me in uh, not. Uh, I, I I never finished high school. I went back when I was about twenty or twenty one and got my GED. But um, like things things of that nature is kind of what led me down that path. And I remember being on MySpace and just I kept watching backyard wrestling. And I I found this group of these dudes who had this like so unsafe like mud show ass homemade rig. Uh, and they lived seven miles from me. And I remember riding my like Schwinn mountain bike seven miles to meet these fucking strangers <laughs> who I'd never met and like just putting on this bullshit with them. And then that led into something else and that led into me finding out about independent wrestling. And then I think it was like 16 or 17. I went to this independent wrestling show and I'm like, I'm a wrestler. I'm like, I, I do it. I do it in this city with some people. And uh, I learned I'm not. And from there, <laughs> Uh, I got like easy big oven trained by some dude in Ohio. Um, and then thank whatever power that is a couple of years later, uh, Congo Kong picked me up. Mm. And uh, so that's why I won't say that my trainer is Congo Kong, but definitely my daddy and, and my mentor is Congo Kong. He definitely molded me into where I'm at. No, that's awesome. And, you know, that kind of leads me into one of my next questions is, uh, the origins of the captain because like a lot of people you know with a nickname like the the captain mm-hmm. you know there's some people that would bring in like a military aspect of it and judging from our little talks i'm not guessing that has really anything to do in your no um not at all so actually like a a rewind so i've been in the industry 10 years and my my first seven uh i went by fat tony um and my tag team partner uh old school rick uh we were the cartier brothers and it was like a old school greaser-esque thing which is like the most wild thing for two German Polish sons of bitches to be doing like some Italian thing when we are whiter than bones. <laughs> and um, in 2019, 2019, I want to say, when COVID show up, was that 19, 20? Like very beginning of 20. Okay, so 19 
is when a lot of my physical ailments showed up. Um, I used to be just under 600 pounds and uh, I couldn't feel my left leg. I was having respiratory issues, heart issues. And at the time I was, I was mid twenties. And I, for years was content on like, I'm gonna ride it out till 30. And I don't, I don't plan on seeing after 30. Um, and it got to a point where I, I went and talked with a bariatric surgeon who'd done surgery with uh, other of my family members. <coughs> and I, uh, end of 19 into 20, I did like the farewell goodbye deal. And I didn't anticipate coming back to wrestling. I was like, I'm gonna get surgery. I don't know if I can do this after the fact. Uh, but I, I need, I need to get better or I'm going to die. And it wasn't a, a fear of dying. And I still, I still don't have a fear of dying. Um, I have a fear of what my death's repercussions will ha like happen to other people. That, um, yeah. so I, I got the surgery. Uh, I have I had a couple complications. One sucked. I came back to wrestling, like, I think 11 or 12 months after the surgery and 200 pounds down, I lost 200 in about a year okay. and I came back and I needed to think of, think of something. And I, I knew I liked Martin Garrix and I, I knew I wanted to stick with Tony. Tony's after my grandfather, Anton. And I'm like, I, I need to, what the fuck am I going to do? Like I, I, I've done so many years as this one thing. What can I do? And I'm, I'm looking at what's on TV, what's on Twitter, what's, what's everywhere. And I'm like, there hasn't been a captain since like Lou Albano. And like, no, no disrespect to anybody listening to this, but if you do a like pirates of the Caribbean thing, fuck off. Like your gimmick is not, original yeah. that, that's the same as like going into a state you're not from and being like i'm from this state fuck your state it's it's easy it's not creative yeah um, and that, that's yeah it's just it's easy and that's that's something i don't want i want something that's going to challenge me and also be appreciated more so i was like what can i do and i'm like let me i was like i live uh so i'm, I'm in michigan so i live around all the great lakes and i'm like all right cool what can i do and i'm like well, let's do something with water. And I already had like nautical tattoos and I like nautical style tattoos. And I, I like, uh, like deep sea fishing. So I came back as like captain, but in like the crab fisherman sense. And then it didn't translate well. So, uh, bit of back about two years, year and a half, two years. And like, that's kind of just, there's been an evolution of just like, what can I do? And I, I like to almost do like the many phases of Foley to where it's like we can go to disneyland or we can get bloody and go to a death match like the captain can go anywhere we need to be i can be uh, bright and colorful like we're from lisa frank or i can cut you the fuck up like i'm a saw trap like either which way we can do what we need to do you know fuck around and find out the captain can do anything oh yeah but that's yeah. it that's where uh, that's where the captain came from <laughs> yeah no and uh i've been seeing some of your stuff and i know here coming up you have a show at at mid death yeah and uh we'll go into you know what we'll go into that here in a second because with the whole captain thing mm -hmm. i was looking on your website and some of the i think it was the fan picture but you know the old school uh wheel you know turning the ship yeah and it looked like you were holding it conveniently positioned over your junk. <laughs> yeah, that, that I was. I mean, like, I control the ship, but I can dock with you. Like, I can make port. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, like, I was looking around, you know, doing 
homer for the episode and i saw that and i'm like oh my god that is awesome <laughs> it's 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 a lot it's a lot of fun and it, it comes very naturally for me and that's, that's what makes it fun because it's not forced um and it like what whatever realm we're doing it whether i'm you know in what some might say is real wrestling gear compared to stuff i may have had altered or tailored and I can have fun and and that's my thing and I, I believe whoever's watching me can see that I'm having fun while also putting on a good show and like to me that's entertainment like if I and then this kind of goes back to how I came up on wrestling with like older wrestlers uh like there's that's a reason like I have a hairy chest and I have a hairy stomach and my beard might not be as groomed as it needs to be because even though I'm 260 pounds like I'm not aesthetically pleasing to the like the social standard of what's hot and like neither was any fat fucking white heel 30 years ago yeah yeah <laughs> like so right. but that's the thing is like you, you in, in this industry you need to be moldable and it, oh, it, yeah. i and you can adapt so quick if you're comfortable with your with your character and um that's right there <laughs> but yeah that, oh you, you make a good point because a lot of the people that have had longevity in the business have been adaptable. I mean, look at all the phases the Undertaker went through. Yep. Look at hell, Chris Jericho going through all the the Lionheart to Y2J to the the Painmaker to the. I hate calling him the Ocho, but that's what he's doing now. <laughs> but those guys, they've had the, that constant evolution. Yeah, you, you have professional wrestling will always evolve. And the thing is, professional wrestling is an art and it's a buffet and there's there's something for everyone to taste. I'm lucky enough as a attention seeking <laughs> dude who likes theater to be able to say, well, I fit into those entrees. I'm not just one dish. And like you can take a risk with Garrick's because I will bet you whatever my fucking pay window is that I will connect with fans more than people who fake their front. Yep. No, those guys that have that authenticity definitely are, in my opinion, those that draw me in more because, you know, when you've watched much wrestling as you or I have, you know, you can tell the ones that are being authentic and being real and, you know, the, their in-ring persona is that extension of themselves as opposed to, oh, this person just got thrown into this. Yeah. So it's almost like someone who's out there and shucking and jiving and hitting the razzle-dazzle compared to someone who's saying the alphabet. Yeah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Wow. Just getting over some allergy shit, but. Uh, we were talking a little bit ago about Mid-Death Pro, and, you know, I was going to go over some of the promotions that, you know, doing homework for the episode that you've been through. And I know here they got one more show for the month, for the year, mm -hmm. and this, this episode will probably be coming out after it. Okay. But you are going to be facing off against pretty good buddy of mine did a episode of my uh vlog where i cover different wrestling events that i go to right on 
a match that he just recently had, Bo got. So uh, I'm trying to figure out how to go into this. Um, Bogot and I are both pieces of shit. It's the best way to say it. The character of Bogot and Tony Garrix are both in your face. We're both there. And that being said, him and I kind of got along, but we both have individual agendas. Mm. And, you know, I was informed that that's what's going to be. And I'm, I'm not, you know, concerned about it because may he be what did the death match daddy yeah i'm gonna be your papa boy <laughs> like every dad has a grandpa yeah and, like, and you know bogot might be older than me i might be younger he might have some more tricks but i'm a nasty motherfucker <laughs> and then that's the thing like bogot will use whatever he's got but i mean i might have a fork in my boot might have a knife in my pocket it's not like i gotta give him a clean shave with that bald some bitch but we're gonna have a good time you know, you know, I, well, hell, the last match that he had over here in Omaha was a no rope barbed wire. And he actually had me hide a grilling fork in my backpack that I had my podcast stuff in. And he got it from me during the entrance. <laughs> I uh, I have been telling anyone who is uh, coming to mid-death and, you know, even though this might be out after the fact, um, I really hope people bring forks and, you know, because everybody has their kind of their thing, right? Whether it's yeah. death matches or not, everybody has their thing. And I'm, I'm definitely the fork and tack guy. And I really just hope people bring their forks. I may or may not. He, you know, back whenever this came out, I may have, may or may not have built a table that's completely littered about a thousand forks. Um, I mean, you don't know if it happened. If, if you want to see if it happened, go check Twitter at MidDeath Pro. Uh, go check their YouTube. It's a good way to figure it out. Or you can check my socials, Tony Garrix or Captain Tony Garrix. Definitely. And, but, you know, uh, I'm excited. I, you know, with the timing of the show, I'm going to be having in-laws in town. Bring your in-laws. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're, they're already making the drive from Kansas City. So, Well, let's see, you drive, you give them a neck pillow. It's a great time. They get to just <laughs> hang out. <laughs> Although only one of them is really in the wrestling. And my little nephew, I don't think... As much as I want to hopefully get him into wrestling, I don't know if I want to start him off at Mid-Death Pro. It, that's, that's definitely a, a way to start. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I really like Mid-Death. And I'm really happy they brought me aboard from day one. And it's, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun fun talking about some stuff that may or may not happen and what has happened and uh, although anyone who's listened to this from mid-death that bought me a shot a few months ago fuck you and your entire family i had <laughs> after like, don't get, I, I appreciate it dearly but like i had to get like put into a car and driven to where i was staying that night y'all y'all got the captain pretty rowdy 
But oh boy, it, at Boggs, it's a cheap bar, man. Like, <laughs> like I got I got to Boggs at like five p.m. the day of that show, and I was like, "All right, can I get just like a whiskey coke?" And she's like, "What kind?" I'm like, "Oh well, like it's fine. I'm my liver's screwed to begin with. Let's just go well." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh well, top shelf's only three bucks." And I said, "Excuse me." So like I was drinking like four or five dollar double Jack and Cokes. Nice. And then someone like some dude came up with like a handful of shots and he took one and gave me the handful. <laughs> and like I'm sitting there like, well, mama didn't raise no bitch. I'm going to drink these. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, mid-death, mid-death has been great. Um, mid-death is doing some stuff that and then planning on doing some stuff that has not been seen. Uh, not and, and not in like, oh, this hasn't been seen in <clears throat> Iowa. Like it has not been seen. And there are enough creative powers behind the scenes on this show that are doing just some true monumental stuff, not just for performance art or professional yeah. wrestling, but in general to make the Des Moines, the Iowa and the Midwest have a bigger standpoint on what that art can be and not, hey, this art was brought in from another part of the you know country for yeah. you guys to see. Oh, yeah. And it, it is nice seeing that that particular form of professional wrestling is getting more of a spotlight here in the Midwest because it's up until, well, really recently, you know, deathmatch wrestling has seemed more either East Coast or even some West Coast. And right. not, not a whole lot with some exceptions like uh, IWA Mid-South, although they, well, not, <laughs> I was about, I was about to go. I was about to go there. Okay. 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 Because, because I know that, you know, there's been a falling out there and I actually, right after Jake Chris posted that video of his, I actually, interviewed him for the show and i'm like hey you got a grievance i got a show let's air it right i i will say this on the subject um i have worked for iwm itself once and it was a number of years ago it was it was so substantially long ago that it doesn't matter um i'm very a big backer on uh, by the way this is a She's hiding in the background. That's uh, the, the, the Lady Garricks. Um, we, um, I had a good time when I was there, and I'm very honored to have been in the shoot poll of people to fill a spot for King of the Death. Mm. Um, it, it meant a lot for me, especially only being in the deathmatch world for maybe eight to ten months at that time. And the fact that I had enough nominations to be put in that poll was awesome. I don't agree with the business things that have taken place. That is a very firm thing that I stood on on social media. Yeah. Um, that's just something I, it's a shit thing in a shit world that we're in with this industry and it can happen and it does not mean it should. So yeah. like, I, I still stand by anyone who was done wrong. I'm on their side. No, I'm, I'm with you there because, you know, there's, 
already, you know, so much craziness out there when you're just trying to go out there and entertain people, you don't need to be going through any of that bullshit. Right. It's, and it like, what sucks, man, is like, I'm no difference than dog shit on the bottom of a sketcher. And like, I'll, I'll never act like I'm anyone. I'm not, I'm just a dude out here trying to make the teenager, you know, even tween me happy. And, um, I've, I've had my fair share of places where I've, I've driven to get there. I've performed and then my money's not there. And who I am now compared to who I am was there are variances. Uh, when I was a couple of years ago, I was really bad on pills. I've been clean off pills for about five years now. Um, but that guy would have taken you outside and beat the brakes off you. Yeah. Um, I will now still do that if needed. Yeah. But I'll steal shit. At this, at this point, I'm like, nah, I'm just going to take something or I'll argue with you. Uh, but for the most part, you know, thank the powers that be. I haven't had to deal with anything like, like that in a good amount of time. But unfortunately, I know that it does exist out there. Yeah. And that, that's unfortunate. You know, the well, one other promotion that was actually on your list of promotions you've worked with on your website, I it didn't really say how many times. Well, so that website's so outdated. I apologize. I really need to update that website. <laughs> it's all good. But it jumped out to me because you always hear stories of, and this is probably going to give away the name of the promotion, but the gathering. You always hear stories about the gathering. And, you know, I wanted to hear some JCW stories. So, um, if you have any, because I know, I don't know how many. I so I have not worked for JCW per se more than once. Um, I did JCW at headliners in Toledo, Ohio. And I was, this was a number of years ago. I was one of the guys who were the Indies mm. versus the JCW originals. Ah, um, and I, I can't, and I apologize. I can't remember everybody who was involved in that match. Oh, there there yeah. was a, there was a substantial amount of people, but in other words, like me, I believe Aaron Williams was there. Um, there's a couple other dudes that like, I got a call and was like, Hey, can you be here by this time? And I'm like, yeah, I'm open. Let's get it. Uh, so I brought a couple other Michigan guys with me. Um, and then it was like, uh, Necro, Pondo, Too Tough Tony. Um, I think it, the ring riders, maybe, uh, but it, it was fun. It was it was a good like elimination match. Uh, I think I was only out there for maybe five or six minutes. But uh, I have, on the other hand, worked for uh, the Insane Clown Posse a couple of times now. Not with we'll um, go with that. So there there was with that. <laughs> uh, the most recent uh, was actually on their uh, Twitch stream a couple months ago. They did the uh, Juggalo Night Court, and um, I was the uh, I think I was Dirty Dan was my name. Uh, I was the sexy cowboy stripper. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and for those who, who've seen me in person, I, I got a lot of skin. And, I, and I've, I've been cut up a lot. So I'm not that, that pretty on the eyes. But uh, I came out in, like, my Daisy Dukes, my knee-high boots, uh, tied up like a, like a bra flannel. <laughs> um, a cowboy hat. It was it was a great time, and and the bit was essentially like I was a punishment. Um, but they said like you know I never met the contestants until like the cameras were rolling and we were live, <laughs> and 
it was right before I go out, the the talent main guy for talent there was like, I need you to fuck her up with this chocolate sauce and whipped cream. And I'm like, okay, sure. And it's like five bottles of Hershey's syrup. And like, I'm like, oh God, okay. So like <laughs> I go out and it's just this like, uh, it's one of the one of the ICP's songs. And it's like maybe a minute. And I like I do like the L Woods from Legally Blonde, like bend and snap with my ass in her face. I blow the flannel open so the buttons fly everywhere. <laughs> and if, if you go back and watch it, my favorite part, and a very good friend of mine, uh, the monster Congo Kong. He is the bailiff on this show. And so he's standing behind, you know, the guilty party as they're getting their punishment. And when I bend and snap, there's a lot hanging out. And unfortunately, he's right there to watch it. Oh, God. And if you watch the recording back the whole time, he's just arms crossed and mean mugging. And when I bend, he just makes the most like, what face? And it is great. <laughs> but, um, I, I know a lot of people who've worked for them. Uh, my tag partner did the, uh, the like in your house show they did uh, within the last year or two, where I think it was during COVID where they fought inside of Violent J's house. Uh, my tag partner is the guy who pulled a gun out of Violent J's nightstand on uh, Mosh Pit Mike. It oh was, my. Uh, yeah. It, they're, they're a very fun group of guys to work for. And like beyond all the hate and flack that they get, they've been one of the most professional companies I've ever had the honor of working with. And, you know, I hear that, you know, like you said, they get a lot of flack, but I have heard that they actually do a lot of charity work. I I wouldn't know. Um, honestly, I wouldn't know if they do. I just, I know that they are very good to their talent as well as like for that live show, they were great to their contestants. They did a, I believe they all either got monetary compensation or they were taken care of with like the meet and greet and photos and being on their web show and stuff. So it, I, I just know they were very nice. Like when I worked for them, I got taken care of and there was like a green room with food and coffee and like a, a very good time. And it, it was something that I'd be happy to be back on. No, it, that, that's always good when you have, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the bad side of things and, you know, you have people that are professional and take care of their people and, you know, show you the good side of it. It's, uh, it's so, it's so here and there in wrestling and like, uh, mid death does it mid death takes care of us really well um a place that i've i've not had the honor of working for but uh, i do something that a lot of people should do more of and it's just showing up to help mm. at places like i love professional wrestling i will show share shows and share people's stuff that i'm, I'm not on them i don't know them uh and I, i've been lucky enough to do a couple shows now in the midwest for circle six um whether it's just setting up and then helping out and whatever you need and they take really, from what I've seen, like I said, I have not wrestled for them, but they take really good care of their talent in back, whether it comes to catering or anything like that. And I know a lot of their talent personally, and a lot of their talent have just been almost blown away with like, wow, like even, even the smallest thing of like their deathmatch guys have a first, uh, a first aid table. Because mm. you, you'll go to a lot of shows. And you're booked in like a Taipei or a house of glass or like something to where like, oh, I'm going to get busted up in this. Like, I know I'm going to. And then you get back and you get back to your seat and then like, I'll pull out my first aid kit and start cleaning myself up compared to like, oh, you guys took care of all this for us. Thank you. And then little stuff like that really means something to your talent. 
and seeing more promotions doing that, it's awesome to see the evolution that wrestling's going into. Oh, yeah. You know, especially in things like, you know, deathmatch wrestling, you know, knowing that a promotion is going to take care of you in that aspect, because, I mean, people always, the whole stigma with professional wrestling, people and, you know, people watching the YouTube version of this, the air quotes, fake, but you get into deathmatch even more so, and it's like, okay, you jump in there and you try taking hits from friggin' light tubes, stun tags, and that sort of stuff, and tell me that that's fake, and, you know, getting cut up, and, you know, you're gonna need a first aid kit when you get to the back. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's such a, such a weird thing, especially when you're out there as a performer, and I, I want you to be engaged. I, and I, I will do my best to make you engaged, and I hate when you get that one person who has a few too many trulies and they're um, like demeaning your work, which it's like, yeah, please give me heat. Like, I love that. But um, I, I don't want to say anything that I shouldn't, uh, but I was lucky enough to be a helper at uh, wrestling revolver in Des Moines the last time they were there. And oh, you might have ran into me there because I was at that one. I was one of the guys that got punched by the dude during the scuffle between Sammy. Um, I also helped set up the uh, I was in the pizza shorts, the infamous oh. pizza short shorts. That was that was me. Um, oh, I, I vaguely remember not really having a conversation with you, but I vaguely remember running into you once or twice there. I, I, I was there for two days. It was, it was a really great time. Uh, I will be back as a helper at their next show in Des Moines. Um, <clears throat> but when it comes to people who are being demeaning, uh, two entertainers had a match with weapons at that show. And one of them did get a relatively nasty cut towards the end. And someone in the crowd heard us trying to talk to the ref. There was, there was myself and TJ Meyer uh, sitting ring, like literally kneeling in the corner, just in case anything was needed. We kind of have an understanding of how that world works. So let's, we're just extra hands. And we had asked like, Hey, do you need a towel? Just very quietly. And someone's like, Oh yeah, get him a towel. He's a pussy. He can't handle a cut. And it's like, whoever said that, I hope, you know, there was like a four inch hole in this person's back. And like, this was, this was at the revolver. Hmm. It I was, vaguely remember hearing some. It was it was handled by someone who is very tough and has been very nice to me every time I've had the pleasure of running into them. But it's like as an entertainer, stuff goes wrong sometimes. And oh. yes, and yes, you want to see us get hurt, but sometimes someone gets hurt, hurt. Yeah, and you don't know the gravity of the situation at the time. So like hearing that, I'm happy you were engaged. But it's also like. Dude, some like sometimes stuff goes south. Um, I did oh. uh I, I did the five-year anniversary for the horror slam wrestling up here in Michigan. And there were some cancellations, some stuff some happened, and my uh my match turned into a death match. It was supposed to be kind of light, and it turned into like, all right, let's go pretty hard on this. And I was I was fine, uh, all things considered until the end. Uh something happened, I had a broken nose. 
and some people were just like oh he's crying and it's just like ah dude like my nose is on the side of my face right now like i i don't need you yelling at me (laughs) i just i just want to go set this oh yeah no there's all sorts even not that long ago i'm wanting to say and correct me if i'm wrong i'm wanting to say it was hoodfoot who is actually going to be at the next mid-death show but there was a match I'm wanting to say for GCW where it ended up getting stopped because of a big old gash that he gotten in his arm. Yeah. And that was uh that was GCW Detroit. Yes. Because I remember I was watching that show and I'm like really getting into the match and all of a sudden wait, it's over. And then start showing like what happened to his arm i'm like oh damn yeah that that was uh so that um trying to think of the right way to word this hoodfoot's a friend of mine um hoodfoot's a very good friend of mine and hoodfoot's someone who has definitely looked out for me since i met him about a year and a half two years ago and i was actually the person who went and got hoodfoot from the the hospital after that had happened um hoodfoot was severely messed up from that and it was just it it was something that went wrong and uh brett with game changer stopped this is all to my knowledge i I don't work for game changer i don't know brett personally Uh, i've met brett once and that was in atlantic city and i went out with hoodfoot for that one um but brett stopped it uh hoodfoot was pretty pretty hurt hoodfoot wanted to keep going as hoodfoot does yeah um but <clears throat> Hoodfoot was very happy he got taken care of when he needed to. And uh, without going into detail about it, the night I picked him up, we went to ICW and RPW present Deathmatch Circus in Michigan. And uh, that was also the night where there was an incident where police got involved because a fan member was oh, uh, yeah. was hurt outside. It was just it was a wild weekend, man. Oh, yeah. No, I remember hearing about that one. Mm-hmm. It, it was a very whoa but yeah at, at mid-death it's hoodfoot versus carver and uh all i'm gonna say is like those two dudes are <laughs> wild and i'm i'm excited as, with my love of professional wrestling to like yeah. get cleaned up by medical after i beat the <laughs> shit out of bogot and oh. then just go have a cheap old whiskey and coke and watch what those two savages are gonna do to each other oh man I have I have been in the crowd for many a Carver match because he he frequents a promotion out here in Omaha and he was actually supposed to be Bogat's appoint uh, opponent for that no rope barbed wire match but he right. got the thing with the light tube that happened at mid death that happened to be the day before that. But hey, you could hurt a monster, but it's hard to kill him. Oh, yeah. And Carver is uh, definitely one of those hard to kill guys. Because, good grief. I, I've, like I said, I've witnessed a whole bunch of his matches, and you're always in for some insanity. Yeah. It, 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 what's funny about Carver, and I'm gonna, I, I've I'd never met him, and then I met him about a year ago, and I'm just like, this fucking thing is weird. And he came out of nowhere, maybe the trees or some shit, and then I, I saw him at, it was like the pit for ICW Deathmatch Circus two years ago. And just every time I see him, I'm just like, that thing's fucking creepy. I don't want to deal with it. 
if i if i if i ever have to razzle dazzle with the carver i'm gonna bring like a sword he's got that axe i'm gonna bring i'll, I'll bring a spear that's that's very nautical i'll i'll harpoon him <laughs> hey the harpoon goes well with that uh that captain yeah it, it'll it'd work but uh one thing i like to talk about with each guest is a little bit of stuff outside of wrestling like we talked about your dog there that had that that little scare and yeah. well here here's my that little senior english that <laughs> he's once she knew that i was about to point the camera towards her wanted to start looking away but you know we'll post a link in the description of the both the podcast and youtube because i believe there was a link you posted about uh helping out uh buying things to help with the medical expenses for your your little pup um my wife and i we actually <clears throat> help out with the a bulldog rescue here in Omaha that they they adopt all throughout but you know I you know figure being a fellow dog lover that you would uh, appreciate some of that stuff yeah if, if I had the space and let alone if I was home enough that's something I'd be very interested in doing but between my my shoot job and being on the road, usually Thursday night from when I clock out till Monday morning when I clock back in, it's just something that's not in the books for me as a responsible animal lover. Well, um, so I so I definitely commend that. That's really nice of you to do. Oh yeah, we've done it for a while. We've we've been lucky that you know our resident dogs. We've not really had any complications with oh this foster doesn't get along so we gotta like crate and rotate you know all of our fosters that we've had is get along great with our ones that we have and you know recently my wife convinced me to be a part of this uh fundraiser for the uh rescue it's become kind of a viral calendar for them that I gave them shit for it last year. It's called Dad Bods and Rescue Dogs. And okay. they have this, the calendar every year. And last year there was a couple guys that I'm like, I remember telling my wife and some of the other people that work with the rescue, I'm like, I thought this was supposed to be a dad bod thing. <laughs> and like some of the guys on there was like, that, that ain't no damn dad bod. <laughs> so then my wife was like, this year, why don't you be a part of it? I'm like, fuck it. Let's go. Do it. Let <laughs> it all hang out. Dad bod the fuck out of it. So I'm, I don't know when the hell it's com coming out. I'm imagining here in the next here before the, well, before the year starts, but you know, I'm in there somewhere. I have no idea what damn month I'm in, but <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's he's crawling around behind me. He's doing substantially better than he was. Uh for those who don't know, uh I'm a shoot six foot five. 
Um, every day when I get home, he stands on the back of the couch. I pick him up on my chest. It's been a routine thing for four years. Uh, for whatever reason, Thursday night, he decided to jump and turn around in midair from oh, no. my standing height. And he went straight to our hardwood floor. Um, I wasn't sure what happened, but he couldn't walk. He went to the bathroom all over himself and me. Uh, he made some very ungodly sounds and we rushed him to a vet. I was worried it was going to be a spinal issue or a neck issue because he couldn't walk. Uh, he regained function of walking relative, maybe 20 minutes later. Uh, and it turned out to just be a very big concussion. But for those who don't know, if you ever need to take your pet to an emergency all night veterinarian, they are not cheap. Yeah, <laughs> they are not cheap, but uh, he's on meds and he's doing better every day, and that's that's all I all I can be happy about. I don't care how much it costs. I I'm so thankful those who have donated. We're about halfway to where he needs to be with uh, to cover the funds. Um, those who have already donated, donate in the future, or those who donate at any show I'm on will receive a custom eight by ten of myself and him with my signature and his paw print. Um, that's. It could be a dollar. It could be $20. You're going to get that eight by 10. And if you want anything else off my merch table, please feel free. We can make out an agreement or you can purchase it. But essentially at this point, all proceeds go to like feeding my big ass on the way back home and his medical bills. That's good. That's good. And hopefully, hopefully that all goes well getting that taken care of. I know you mentioned uh, his signature, you know, being the paw print on there. And we talked a little bit about tattoos. My wife and I, we three dogs that we have had that have that had uh, passed away. I actually have their paw prints. My left calf. Very nice. I I so I wish I had a meaningful tattoo. the The only meaningful tattoo I have planned is for my head, and it kind of goes into the captain thing. Mm. Is uh. I did a mental health podcast a little while ago, which, which, uh, which with, with, with someone else, I, I won't plug them on yours, but um, if you troll my socials far enough, you'll find them. And uh, it, it was about uh, mental health. And uh, so the one tattoo that I want that I have over 30 tattoos, none of them mean a fucking thing. Um, <laughs> like, but the tattoo I'm getting on my head. Uh, so I'm a suicide survivor and um I want to get a Helms wheel tattooed from right here all the way around the side of my head. And I, I, I don't want it to be normal. I want it to be weathered. I want it to show that it's been through some shit. Cause at the end of the day, ooh. you are the captain of your own life and you can change shit and you, or you could set course to find help to change what you're struggling to find. <laughs> and I want it weathered to show it's been a hard ride, but you can get through it. No, and that's, and, yeah. That's, no, that's I was the only gonna... tattoo I'm looking at right now that means anything. The rest is like I have I have I have the damn Megatron the Decepticon logo on my thighs. Like I have I have Super Mario and I have like Pusheen the sticker cat. Like <laughs> it it means nothing. Uh, you, and hey, that some people that that's one of their things with tattoos. I know mine, the ones that I have, they all have some sort of a story the dog paw prints um i was stationed in san diego and i have the san diego padres sd logo with an anchor hanging from it for the navy on my on my right calf i have uh dog tags tattooed with um names of some people that are 
that mean a lot to me that were in the military that have passed on on my right shoulder. I have, uh, let me see, this, which is for my girls. I have their their names, the date they were born, and a hand and a footprint of each of them. And the only one that isn't really have that much of a story behind it i have this uh on my left shoulder these it looks like these claws that are tearing through and behind it is uh an american flag it looks like in the background the american flag waving and the mascot of my ship in the navy was a tiger so i figured tiger claws ripping through and you got the american flag back there so each of mine has somewhat of a story right but i <coughs> excuse me i always knew before i even had one when i was just an admirer of tattoos that you know whenever i got one me personally and just the way i am i always wanted each of mine to have a story that's uh that's my thing is like the the life is so so surreal right life is very short and uh, i i definitely have people who who want tattoos or have tattoos and they uh mine have meaning and i'm like that's good that's i'm happy i'm happy yours have meaning mine was that's neat <laughs> let's yeah. throw it on me because at the end of the day i have a brain that is the texture of jello and my body's gonna be maggot food at some point so yeah, no. I'm gonna have some. That, that's my look at it. Like, I I hate the people who are just like, well, how could you put something that you don't care about on your body? Easy. It's 150 bucks to some dude named Dave, and uh, then it's on my body after an hour. <laughs> like, yeah, and I mean, you know, some of them might not have a story, but it's not like, you know, you just said you know um eeny me miny that one it's like I, oh that looks cool let's get that so that is actually what i've said um not verbatim but this one right here is a mystery <laughs> tattoo uh it was literally put coins in a gumball machine and whatever <laughs> came out i got uh you know, like th this was I, like I, a uh, friday the 13th deal this one i these two this is a cover-up this one is something I, I picked off his wall but like i'm i'm so big on like i i wonder if that radiates into, into being interested in deathmatch or not but i'm so big on just like living life by fuck it and you like know, you, you know that is one is in in a way a great way to to live life because you only have this one go around you know you get a chance to do something crazy why what fuck it right like i'm i'm so full of fucking tattoos and so low on like meaningful ones i think that, i think a meaningful one that i really want to get and um my girlfriend always says like that'd be funny is during covid my my grandmother goes down south for the winter and she always sends me a christmas letter with a christmas gift inside of it and the, during COVID, she sent me a letter that just said, Merry Christmas, uh, love Oma, because uh, I'm, I'm German as shit. For those who don't know, Oma is grandma. And uh, it said, P.S. in all caps, sorry, lowercase, wash, in all caps, your hands. 
And to me, that's hysterical because it's like, who the fuck else's hands am I washing? But that's something where it's like, I still have that card to this day. And I'm like, I want this tattooed on me. Because like, <laughs> even though it's it's funny and it's it's borderline meaningless, it's like, it's still her handwriting. It's still something that I was like, this is this is hysterical that she's putting emphasis on mine. Like all yeah. I can imagine is like me watching and walking up to some stranger in a public bathroom. Like, I oh, don't worry, bro, I got you. <laughs> and like, it, to me, it's just funny. And like, and life is too short to be taken so seriously. <laughs> and people need to just have more fun on the ride they're on. oh man exactly you know that's one thing even even with this this show you know i i've always said i wanted to keep it lighthearted and shooting the shit because you know when people go to listen or watch you know there's always so much craziness out there that if they can get away from it for a little bit watch my damn shit then hey I'm there for. I'll say, for instance, anybody listening to this right now, we've been on for over an hour and we've had three topics. That, that's, <laughs> but that, that's shooting the shit. It's having fun. Where at the end of the day, we're both two people talking. And Definitely. that can be so. And, and I'm very big on like thinking about <laughs> things, not too literally. That can be something you can do with anybody, even in the soda aisle of a grocery store. Is like yeah. life's too short to be so worried about shit. Just talk. Oh, oh God, yeah. Nope, I am totally with you there. But uh, to round off the the show, I got <laughs> two, I got two categories. Okay. One's the name game where I just name off some people, and you know something we've talked about a little bit so far, and one was kind of just a random deathmatch guy that well i've actually been able to talk to him for the show but i figured fuck it i'm gonna put him in here first one hoodfoot uh am i I saying if i like them or no you said what what we were listing but not but um just your your thoughts on them my thoughts on them all right so hoodfoot great dude for the working man fast cars if any of y'all know hoodfoot you know what I'm talking about. Hoodfoot's the homie, and I'll ride or die for that some bitch, and it's ride. So awesome. Next one. Talked a little bit about him with mid death. Going up against Hoodfoot. Carver. Uh scary person. His handler is very nice. Um, the carver, I believe, is slept on. But the Carver is someone that if he's on a show, you'll want to pay to see it. The Carver is a great experience. Oh, yeah. Nope. I can I can definitely agree with you there. You are definitely in for a treat. You're, that- you're in for something that's not seen that often in professional wrestling. And that's what makes the Carver amazing as to what it is. Terrifying, but a great show. It, oh, yeah. No, especially when, you know, the promotion that he shows up to here in Omaha when you're as close as I am. And I'm like front, my usual spot, front row, right by the entrance. I'm like, I remember the first time I saw him coming up, I'm like, that dude's freaky shit. Yeah, man. All I have to say, by the way, uh, very, very loosely is I might be in Omaha to promotion up the street from you next year. 
It's something I want to work on. It's something that has not been discussed, but with the dates for mid mid death and their dates, it's something that could be worked out for my time in Iowa. Nice. That would be pretty cool. Hopefully all that works out. Next one on the list. Guy that's uh, pretty synonymous with the death match wrestling. Guy that I have was one of my personal like ones that like top of my bucket list until I actually got him on the show. Alex Cologne. Alex Cologne is awesome because Alex Cologne has done for Deathmatch something so great. Um, and it's showing the art inside of it and what mm-hmm. Alex Cologne's willing to do to entertain you. And everybody has their limit because at the end of the day, we are just people. But Alex Cologne will literally die so that your $20 was worth it. Oh, yeah. No, and that's one of the things that I've always admired about him. And he, it was shortly after I recorded with him, he mentioned that he actually might have been even in the recording. I had, this is my one little quirk I have with my show. I have yet to actually watch a full episode back. Okay. But I'm just like, I, I have so much fun doing them, but I hate hearing myself talk. I, I understand that. Like, I deeply, like, I'll watch shows where I cut a promo and I'm just like, shut that thing up. Who gave it a microphone? Why is it talking? But uh, I, I've only met Alex once. I met him at Tournament of Survival for Game Changer in Atlantic City. Uh, I believe that night he took on uh, Murdoch. Mm. Uh, I met him then, and he, he was a joy to be around for just a little bit of time. I was around him. Oh, yeah. And he, when the thing that I was leading into, he mentioned that he was trying to invest in some new kick pads. So he was trying to sell off his old ones. So I was like, how much are you wanting? And he said, make me an offer. So I made him an offer, and now I have that's going to be featured up in my man cave when I finally get that set up. Some signed ring-worn kick pads from Alice Cologne. Very nice. It's a good piece to have. Oh, yeah. Nope. I've I've been lucky with some of the autograph wrestling items that I've been able to get. I always prefer either getting them sent to me from the person or I'm actually there getting them signed. Because I got right. I got signed wrestling figures from keith lee and swerve i have uh oh signed jeff cobb figure i got when my show got invited to warrior wrestling in st louis i got the the event poster signed by all but like couldn't have been more than five people on the card right but you know some of the stuff that i've gotten that you know, I'm definitely going to be putting up. I'm a bit of an autograph hunter. I'll, I'll admit to that. That's everybody has their thing. And like, I'm, I'm a toy guy, <coughs> um, but not just any toys. I want original toys. I want old toys on the wall. That's that way. I have like the original Mattel lunchboxes from a Jurassic Park to their press release throughout the nineties. Nice. Um, I, I have like stuff like that. So I definitely get having like your niche of collection. And the thing you like. Oh, yeah. No, I have some 
some wrestling figures. I have a decent little collection of Funkos. I actually have a uh, a signed Green Ranger one. He was actually here in Omaha. Oh, God, it was probably a couple months ago now, and I was just like, a friend of mine invited me, so I'm like, well, I'm going to get something now and take it with me because I know that they're going to be marking up the damn prices for crazy right there, so I'm going to get something now. But yeah, that's my little thing. Next, and you know, going back to Alex Cologne, he actually has quite the big uh, wrestling collection himself. I feel, I feel like a lot of us wrestlers are like, uh, like for me, I'm, I'm not, I'm one of the weird ones, uh, even being in the industry. I don't really care for wrestling. Um, I, I love what wrestling means and what it does, but when it comes to like the collection standpoint of it, like I have some stuff that's like really cool to me. Like I WrestleMania 23 program. Uh, I'm sorry. I WrestleMania three program, not 20. I have both, but like, uh, I have like Hulkamania shirt that my mom caught at like Kobo hall. Like stuff, nah. like stuff like that's really cool to me. I really like older stuff when it comes to like a mass produced thing. I'm just like, eh, I, I don't want yeah. it. But like when I, it comes to like the, I, I have a script from Jurassic Park signed by everybody. Like that shit's me. Nice. Like that, that, that's what's weird is like this, these little facets that were multi like blockbusters, huge things. But when you can find these like little things, um, yeah. It's kind of in the same sense. Like I love going to like local small band rest, uh, music like concerts or. Uh, oh yeah. Stuff like that. No, I totally get you there. Well, going back into the name game, last guy on, last but not least, talked a little bit about him earlier, Bogot. Bogot. So I, the first time experiencing Bogot was at the first Mid Death show. And the experience in experiences, oh my gosh, experiences in which I had had with Bogot were great. Um, Bogot's people were the people who took care of me and back when I was pretty cut up. Um, my match with uh, uh, Lars Metzger, Met ah, Metzger. Yeah. my match with Lars at oh, mid death. Yeah. Um, I got a pretty like nice tear in my head. That's there forever. <laughs> so that needed to be attended to, but uh, Bogot's people and Bogot, uh, we're great to be with, and I'm very excited to show Bogot why I am going to make him call me Papa or Poppy or whatever you want to call it. And uh, <laughs> he might be the daddy out there, but I'm King Dick out here, and I'm gonna show him why. All right, next category I have I used to call it a speed round, but it never went that damn quick, so I just changed it to a random question round, okay? You know. Some might be wrestling related, some might not be. You know, you just answer how you see fit. Okay. First one, craziest in-match moment. My last match. Um, when I thought I was done, I, I knew the people that were going to come out. I was going to try to keep my composure. Me and the guy I worked with are shoot best friends. Um, I did not give him the match I wanted to, but we still broke kayfabe. Hugged, gave each other a kiss on the cheek at the end, and I left those boots and those ring, and I've that ring, and I've never worn them again. Nice. I, I've heard some crazy stories in the times that I've asked this question, ranging from a guy almost getting his nose ripped off to a guy getting a gash on his on the side of his head, to where if it went just 
a little bit the other way he would have well one way it would have taken out his eye the other way it would have ripped off his ear jesus <laughs> yeah so I've, I've definitely heard some crazy ones first uh, well next question favorite memory with your doggo um no oh god there's a lot um probably the first time he had an ice cream cone uh, I, I took him to this little mom and pop shop that was by my apartment at the time. And, uh, I got an ice cream. It, it was just like me and him too, just sitting on some park bench. And mm-hmm. he got a little, it was a tiny little cone with like a tiny little bit of ice cream and watching him try to figure out what it was and then understand what freezing cold food was. And then how good it tasted. It was fun to watch. <laughs> I can only imagine. I know one of the, of the dogs that I had at my parents' house when I enlisted, I'll, I'll, I swear I'll carry this memory with me forever. They had, when I left, they had this area in my parents' basement that was, you know, their area. It was unfinished. They had some dog beds down there and everything. I went down to let them up when I got home one time. And they both ran up the stairs. One, the little one started running around in circles. And the big one, who was an Irish setter, he just parks himself at the top. And when I get like two steps from the top, he jumps up and like, you're here. <laughs> oh, man. About tackled me back down the damn stairs. <clears throat> Oh, oh, oh. wow <coughs> excuse me but yeah no you need that, this? I, got, I got you here you go no me. yeah <laughs> no man i'm like damn that's that's the thing with my damn allergies when i get uh when they start bothering me you know after i they start clearing up i end up getting this damn crazy cough for a while afterwards yeah next question Favorite drink, alcoholic and non? Alcoholic, any type of whiskey, any type of cola. I prefer Diet Pepsi and Jack Honey, but mm. I'll, I'll take whatever. If it's a seltzer, I'm going to go Truly, although I have been a fan of these uh, Mike's Hard Freezes. Huh. These are pretty good. They're like slushy flavors, but as a normal liquid. Uh, non-alcoholic, Diet Pepsi. If we're going to go soda, if we're going to go juice, it would be Ocean Spray Zero Sugar. Mm. I'm a bit of a Dr. Pepper fiend myself, but um, I know, and I actually stumbled on this combination. You brought up Jack Honey. I had, <coughs> I had a couple leftover shooters of Jack Honey laying around, and I was grabbing a can of Dr. Pepper. I'm like, hmm, I'm going to try this. Combined them. Dr. Pepper and Jack County is actually pretty damn tasty. A very wild drink, which I've only had because a bartender messed up my order, was I asked for a whiskey cola and a shot of screwball peanut butter. Peanut butter whiskey. They brought me a cola and screwball. So cola, peanut butter whiskey, and it tastes like an iced mocha. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know how it happens, but it's like an iced coffee. It's pretty good. That, That actually sounds like it might be pretty damn tasty. I feel like it's on that border, though, of like you could have one or two, but you're not drinking it all night. 
Ah, uh, yeah. No, I've I've had some margaritas mixed with some rather smooth tequila, and let me tell you, I only had maybe maybe two of them, and I'm like, oh god, yeah, no. Any more than this, and I'm gonna be on the damn floor. Yeah, or like for for me, like I lost all my weight by having bariatric surgery, so I gotta watch my sugars. Mm. Um, so if it's too sweet of a drink, I'm like, I can have this one, but if I have a few of them, I'll, I'll just I'll feel like shit. So it's like that. Eh, it's too sweet. I don't want it. Just give me the liquor that makes me think about why I ordered it, and I'll be happy. No, uh, that that makes perfect sense. Next and last actual question for this category. Best advice for anybody getting into wrestling? Um, shut up. List like listen. Oh, if if you have an open weekend and you, I'm very big on work life balance, and I do my best. Uh, like my partner, she's great. She deals with me being always being gone, but I always remember, hey, here's my three months. Give me two or three days. You need me home. Get that set. Fill your dates. If they're not filled don't don't just figure out the random show you can go to locally drive grab grab a cheap ass room get a hotels.com account earn free rooms uh learn how to make money don't let your merchandise stand in with everybody else's everybody has a one or two color shirt that's black like it's a black t-shirt two colors it's not gonna pop ain't nobody gonna buy it put money into yourself value yourself understand that you need to learn and just take take an open seat, go help out. You know, pay your pay your dues, as they say, but also appreciate it. Oh yeah, no, I that's very good advice because you know, especially with the merchandise stuff, you know, you like you said, there's those people that you know, the whole merchandise table kind of looks very similar. Yeah, like, I, and that's that's something that I I hopped on the train of changing for me a couple of years ago. Like, I have stickers, I have beard oil, and not just normal stickers. I have holographic, bumper, all that stuff. I have three different sets of beard oil. I have two different types of bracelets. I have currently five different shirt designs, all on different color T-shirts, from tie dye to black to blue to red. Um, it, I have five or six different eight by tens at a time. I have pins, keychains, like. I, I won't openly talk about it because I want to know you care, but if you want tips, please feel free to message me and I can tell you some things that'll help you turn a profit, but be different. Like yeah. no, no one gives a shit if you're just like everybody else. Oh yeah. No, you want, you want to stand out because that's going to be the way that people like they get drawn in and then they see your stuff. But if they're just looking at a sea of, stuff that's all similar it's like eh maybe they won't buy anything right it, it's basic carny math right like if you it's it's the same reason why your eyes stick out to a car that's bright hmm. or you know concerts would be less entertaining if there weren't lights yeah like you have to stand out oh yeah <coughs> anyways i just got an alert that my phone was about dead so that was actually the last question that I had for the night. I want to, one, take the time to say thank you for taking the time to talk to me tonight. And, you know, where can people find you as far as, you know, social media so they can, you know, get an eye on you? 
So my social medias are kind of weird. Um, it's either Captain Tony Garrix as in Captain like Crunch. So it's C-A-P-T-N Tony Garrix or just Tony Garrix, I believe on Twitter and on Facebook. If Twitter's in that's Oliver. If Twitter's, if Twitter's incorrect, that'd be for uh, Instagram. Either which way, any of those variants will get you to me. I got TonyGarrix.com. Um, also, all my socials have my upcoming links and shows and stuff besides my website. Because my website, like I said earlier, is outdated, and that's on me. Other than that, uh, let me pull it up real quick. You said this is coming out a little late, but if it comes out early, I'll just read through the rest of this year. Sure. Uh, you can catch me at Imperial Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, Revolution Championship Wrestling. Uh, so Imperial Wrestling Entertainment's in Michigan. Revolution Championship Wrestling is in Indiana. We got Mid Death Pro coming up in Des Moines, Iowa. I got Rugged Pro in Iowa, and then I'm going to be helping out at the Wrestling Revolver that weekend as well. Uh, you can find me at For Us Wrestling in Michigan, Imperial Wrestling Entertainment in Michigan, and then I am off for the holidays. Nice. We will be sure to post social media links in the description. But like I said. That is about all I have for tonight. I want to make sure that I am able to get some other stuff with you for this episode done before my battery runs out. But like I said, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. No problem at all. Thank you for having me and thank you everybody for listening. Y'all be safe.